the Big Sound Machine. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Sound Machine podcast. Very nice to have you here again. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you haven't heard them, uh, last two episodes of the podcast have covered album releases from Alex Bailey. And the second one was from Hitchin Rock Band, Electric Black. Go check them out. It's uh, album run-throughs. That's basically what we've started doing on the podcast so far, but more plans coming up. We've got a roundtable discussion about distribution issues coming up in a future episode not too long from now. And there will be more album run-throughs with, uh, already recorded, with uh, Ray Cordell and his album Bailey Bird, and also got Ben Drake covering his album Afterglow. And also got plans for a few others as well to come up soon. So you look out for those, but also some other plans. If there's anything that you'd like to be covered in the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. And we'll also be releasing some new uh, radio shows soon. So uh, keep in touch about that as well. If you're interested, do like and subscribe to the podcast so you get a little notification when we release new episodes. Uh, And just look out for the stuff. Today's episode is uh, Album Run Through with Elliot Porter. His album Lanes came out in March 2019, but still releasing singles from it. The most recent single, Lights of Piccadilly, came out just before Christmas. Elliot is a singer-songwriter based in Cambridge uh, and said the new album Lane's just come out but its first recordings are as far back as 2012 Uh, debut EP Sleeping Under the Stars came out in November of that year and uh, immediately got a lot of interest Uh, it says here, I'm reading from his website Cambridge 105's unsigned chart held the top spot there for 13 weeks and that was just his first single Influenced by the likes of Damien Rice and uh, Glenn Hansard in particular, John Lennon even, you can hear that in some of the songwriting and I think we touch on it during the interview as well. Um, Elliot's also had support from the likes of uh, the New Music Generator in Cambridge from BBC Introducing, of course, as well. I first met Elliot at the NMG Awards in 2017, but I'd been well aware of um, his work up to that point, so it was very nice to actually finally get to meet him since then we did a little session for the Big Sound Machine radio show uh, at the end of 2018 and it was great to finally get the album and uh, listen to that last year fantastic debut album produced by Dave Gerrard and uh, it's well worth a listen we will run through that you'll hear bits of the tracks but if you want to go and check it out for yourself do that find it on Spotify or wherever you listen to your music or why don't you buy it Go and find somewhere to buy it. It's a beautiful uh, CD um, cover illustration by Bell Illustrations as well, so go check it out. Anyway, here is Elliot Porter talking about his recent album, Lanes. I ask you to stay I know what you'll say Very nice to have with me Elliot Porter. Thanks for joining me. We're going to um, talk about your album that uh, came out this year. We've just listened to the title track, Lanes. Yeah. And that's um, your first album? Yeah, it's my first full album. Um, I did a seven-track EP called Keep Going in 2015. Uh-huh. Um, but that this is the first kind of like 12-track full album where we've kind of got a project and gone, right, we're going to make a proper whole album. Yeah. So Lanes is the name of the album. Lanes was the name of the title track. Was yeah. that a deliberate decision? Did you know it was going to be called Lanes? The album was going to be called Lanes? Or which order did it come about? Not really, actually. So um, for a long time, we had the track Lanes mm. um, and we had the album in its kind of shell form. Um, but we didn't really have a title. And um, I kind of had my little team of people. So the guy Jack, who does the artwork, Jack Burrell, Dave yes. Gerard, who produces it. Um, and a couple of other people who I kind of played it to, and I just said to them, "What, what do you think? You know, what, what, what does this kind of, what does it say to you?" And they, and they, they, they all kind of came back and said, 
we just think it's got to be called Lanes mm. because that was the lead track to it. Yeah. And um, the album is a little bit of a kind of like a meandering journey, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it just made made sense to call it Lanes, really. It's funny how that sort of seems to land sometimes. It's just the, oh, that's instinctively almost, but through collectively as well, you kind of go, yeah, that is the right one, isn't it? Yeah. It and becomes, it shows itself. Definitely. And, and, it's, and it's interesting that everyone came to that same conclusion and then... Then I thought about it, and I thought, actually, I quite like it. It's quite, I like. I've always liked like one word um, album titles because mm. I think it's quite bold, and it's you know it's just easy to kind of share as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the track itself, does it? What's what's it? What's it saying? Yeah. Or- so um, the track itself, actually, I had about two or three years ago mm. um, under another title, uh-huh. which I'm not going to say what it was because it wasn't a brilliant title. It'll ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, but I kind of always like the track. It's pretty much about kind of looking back at a relationship, but also kind of like a little bit about kind of like human relationships and going like, what if this is all we've got and sh- we should kind of cherish it more than kind of throw it away kind yeah. of thing um, and it's kind of a little bit of a journey through that but I always really liked the track but I just really didn't like the title and there were certain things in the arrangement which I thought were a bit slightly off yeah. so when we came to do it again um, it took a little bit of shuffling about but actually the track in it's in the main is pretty much the same cool and was it the first single that it was the first single you released as well in advance of the album? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it's the the lead single for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of a little bit in advance of the album as a sort of this is coming. It was. Yeah, I think it was around about six months or so uh-huh, um, yeah, before yeah. before the album came out. Yeah. Just to kind of give people a a, a kind of flavour of it, and obviously we were actually still finishing the album. Yeah. Before. Uh, but that was the first track we had finished. Brilliant. One of the things, I mean, uh, the, I think the production across the album is really, really good, and we'll probably talk more about the mm. production process. One of the things I love about Lanes is the ending, because it's a, it's quite a brave decision. It basically comes back to it's just you and In, your vocal. The last, the last line is it's yeah, pretty, it's pretty raw, isn't it? It, it really is. And um, again, that was probably probably was intentional in the end mm. um i think we probably had a, a guitar or a piano running under there and then we just kind of thought actually because the song is quite intimate it's quite a delicate kind of song but yeah. we kind of embellished it with a lot of instruments and yeah we kind of built it up and i quite liked the way that it came back down yeah to, to, ju- to just being me and um actually i've had a few people kind of um, have said about that ending that they really mm. liked it and I'm, I'm glad we went with it in the end yeah I mean it's, it is one of those kind of it's one of those lean in moments yeah you kind of you, you, I, I, perfect for the first track of an album really yeah even though you've gone through that you know, I've got this introduction to the song but at the end of it it's, it's kind of go I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I've got you now I'm going to draw you in even more which yeah. I think is quite a, lo- a lovely way to finish the song yeah absolutely and, I, and as we'll kind of see in the album there is like intimate moments where it's a little bit kind of more stripped back and that kind of hints to that I suppose yeah that's track one which is Lanes and the title track of the album you play that one live when you've got a band behind you yeah I like because it's quite powerful yeah Um, it's even quite nice when I play with Dave who plays bass Uh uh, because it's got a really really nice bass line yeah Um, I just feel it kind of lacks something if I just play it on my own yeah it's one of those songs that needs at least two or three instruments okay track two is the way to you. If there's a road I should follow, show me the way. If it glitters with gold, I'm sold on the idea of you. And if there's a path I should walk down, should know I'm passing through and I'm true If there's something to tell you I won't talk and rise But I gotta know Not just a string to your bow Cause I can only see the way to you 
How do you decide, especially I suppose when you've got track one, which is lead title, track title, Yeah. was it difficult to decide what goes second? It was actually, yeah. Um, I think I went through about five or six different um, orders. Yeah. Um, what I do is I, I get like bits of paper and I put them on the floor. Oh, right. And I see what it looks like, yeah. like visually. Um, and... I probably moved it around so many times and I actually I think before we went to to print I had a different order and then right at the last minute I changed it and that was one of the ones actually um I felt that it was kind of similar to Lane's yeah. in a way the way that the kind of song builds instrumentation's a bit different mm. and it's one of the only ones with strings actually uh-huh. um because we actually recorded it quite a while ago um and then we kind of added it in to right. the album because um I played it to, to Dave in the studio and he was like, actually, I think, he said, I think this is cr- pretty strong. I think it would fit in the album. Yeah. And um, But then I didn't really know where to put it. So I thought, is it too similar to Lane's? But actually, I thought, no, actually, I think it probably like leads on. It's probably the only place it could go. Mm. When I look at the rest of the album, I, th- I think it's probably probably a right decision. Yeah, yeah. You, meant, you said this, this had been around before. Was it... Because it was interesting when I had this, I think you know I had this discussion with Alex Bailey about his album, and he said it yeah. was very. It became very clear early on that he was writing an album. Yeah, that it was very specific. Was that was that a similar process to yourself as well? Yeah, I think, I think I'd already set out in my mind that I was going to make an album. So mm. I think I had two songs, and then I had a meeting with Dave, and I said, I think I want to make an album. Yeah, I think. I think I think maybe like 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 Alex said maybe you can just kind of feel yeah it going that way and I kind of felt like I had a lot of ideas that I that I thought would be on a similar kind of theme um that would hopefully make an album but yeah. of course when you start you have ideas about it then it changes and then some songs come in some songs go sure yeah and there was actually a few songs that that I thought would definitely have made the album but it never did yeah so this was one that was, did it pre-exist that concept or was it one of the sort of um, trigger points to say oh this is an album yeah I think this song probably was the the, the trigger point actually mm. to, to say actually I think it's going to lead on to some other stuff because it, it yeah it, it has the whole uh, whole band on it yeah um, who I played with for, for quite a while um, and I think it it did kind of lend itself to to, to, to leading to other things and it was a song we had and I really liked playing it live yeah. and I thought it just sounded really nice um, and it kind of probably inspired me to do some more other more more songs you said there earlier on but when we before we started uh, recording that um, it's been sort of two and a half years in the in the making this this album yeah and that might surprise um, people to kind of go what <laughs> but when you say two and a half years, that that's it wasn't two and a half years worth of recording. No, um, it was probably um, probably a little bit of time of, of of writing and and kind of arranging the songs mm. to start with um, before we properly started recording. Um, and then, as an unsigned artist, obviously it is slightly tricky sometimes to be able to say, "I want to kind of." block out this amount of time yeah. this amount of money to do it um, you kind of like you start off you do three or four songs you maybe kind of like then need to to wait until you've got enough money to kind of continue Yeah. so it kind of uh, went a little bit like that um, up and down so actually there, there was a period I think for about six months in the summer of probably 2017 or 18 uh, where we didn't really record anything. Yeah. And that was probably a good time for me to kind of take stock and actually add another couple of songs in yeah. and then go back. And then when I went back, um, we decided to really go for it. So right. we'd go, right, we've got three or four months now. Let's really, let's get this out. Yeah, um, yeah. Originally, I wanted to get it out in, in 2018 and it was almost ready, but uh, we decided to wait a bit longer. Yeah. And um, 
get it out in, in this year instead. Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, so that was The Way to You, track two. Track three is What Happened to Our Love, which was the second single. It was, yeah, the second single, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's the latest one that I've done. Ah, of course, because I, I know that there are other songs that you kind of pushed a little bit. That you yeah. Kind of gone, like, These are out, like, ones that I love and have played on the on my radio show. But yeah, What Happened to Our Love was this song, which has a video as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got a video. Um, we recorded in London last year. Cool. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the latest single. happened to our love which i was um saying uh, the, the chorus of that and, I, and, and the, there's harmonies in the chorus there which i which i really like backing vocals harmonizing and i was saying one, one of the things that appealed to me about this song is the fact that i felt like i could join in yeah yeah <laughs> with whatever for whatever that means but it kind of appeals to mm. me when i get a song when i get a song like that so i feel part of part of something i suppose i think that's really cool and and that's what as as a songwriter i suppose that's what you want is is to have choruses that, that people can sing along yeah. to and, and get involved in. I feel that song, especially when we play it live, it, it does have this kind of uplifting kind of um, element to it. And it yeah. feels like when we're playing it, I always feel quite happy when I'm playing that song. And yeah. I, I feel like it does tran- transcend to the room as well or the, yeah, or, the, yeah. or the field that we're playing in. Which is interesting because like lyrically... It's not the it's not the happiest <laughs> li- <laughs> lyrical content message there. It's a little bit well, it's a little sad, isn't it? It is. It's it is. And but I've always really and I've always really wanted to 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 write a song that kind of sounded upbeat mm. but was quite sad. Yeah. Um and that song actually is quite sad, yeah. And it's it is it is quite um unequivocally about a breakup of a relationship yeah. and looking back at certain moments and you think, oh, maybe we were trying to save it, but maybe we shouldn't have been trying to save it yeah. or kind of it's, I think it's difficult to sometimes pinpoint in a relationship where it breaks down, mm. but that's what this song's trying to do is kind of looking back going, well, probably it was never going to work because of this or yeah, because yeah. of this and looking back, I, you can kind of see it. It was so obvious. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't feel like it at the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I was really pleased with that that song. The production-wise, I think it's one of the strongest ones on, mm. on the album. Um, and it also took a little bit of a different turn um, to how I thought it was going to come out, actually. Yeah. Um, and it... And, and did, did that happen in the process of production? We should maybe give a shout out to, we, to, we were just talking to uh, um, your producer. Yes, Dave, Dave Gerard. yeah. Dave Gerard, who you said is like a really, a really good collaborator for you across the whole project. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a really great guy and um, massively experienced in, in the industry mm. and also uh, a really good songwriter himself. And I think that, that's, that was really important um, to me because I did sometimes take the songs in to him in their infancy this one especially it was written quite late on in the process um but i knew it was going to be quite a simple song yeah um uh, but it was just the production where he kind of really led me down a path uh-huh. where i thought oh actually yeah this this really works yeah. um and uh, yeah, he he has to take quite a lot of credit for that. Yeah, how much when you say like take the you can take things down a different path? How how much um, do things change? Do you find when you're kind of working collaboration like that? Does it is it mainly about arrangement and structure, or does it is it even things like tempo and and feel and things like that? How how much does it become a kind of organic thing as you're working yeah. on songs? I think structure wise, I'm 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 normally I'm normally pretty pretty on it with the structure mm. but there's often slight arrangement things which which need to happen mm. um and, and he's really good at that um and i think it's more about feel actually yeah yeah um of the song and 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 we kind of sit there and we think okay and he he has his kind of like ideas on it i have my idea on it 
and we I think somewhere we meet in the middle, which yeah. which kind of works, um, especially with that one because I, I had a kind of like Fleetwood Mackie kind of um, uh-huh. oh yeah kind I can of get that yeah. vibe to it yeah yeah um, but we also then we then we kind of took a few more kind of uh, m- m- influence from more modern bands like Bears Den yeah. and people like that with the kind of synthy kind of um, pads underneath yeah yeah um, which they use quite a lot and and I really like the kind of fusion of that those yes. kind of Influences. In it's funny. Way. I would never have thought of the Fleetwood Mac thing, but as soon as you said it, I thought, yeah, I can hear those yeah. uh, those vocals on that, especially like the chorus, especially. Yeah. And go, yeah, I can just imagine hearing Stevie Nicks, Christine McVie, yeah, combination of those le- the, those uh, vocals, and um, would really work on that song. <laughs> Send it to them. <laughs> I think I might actually. Um, and um, yeah, I had my sister on backing vocals, and that was yeah. the first track that she. That she sung on, I think, and it and it really did add add yeah. to the, add to it, like you say, like that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really gorgeous. And, and again, like like Lanes, it's a real. Uh, it's a, a. I don't know how you go about selecting singles, but I think it's a really good calling card for the album. Yeah, yeah. I um. I think with that one, I I almost immediately knew it was going to be a single when I when I heard the first mix. Yeah. It just had that that feeling and. Uh, it just sounded quite immediate to me, hmm. um, and I thought that it, that it would be quite um, appealing to people, and, and it has been. Hmm. And it's it's been had had a fair bit of radio play, and um, we've got a video for it, which we made in in London yeah. last year. You spent a bit of time putting that together. Yeah, we did. Um, I was really lucky. It had a guy come over from Brazil who uh-huh. who was travelling Europe, um, and I think I started talking to him on a random Facebook group as you do as you do <laughs> late at night sometime i can't remember let's not say what the group was no it's <laughs> yeah. fine it was music it was <laughs> some kind of music related group and um and he said uh, he said i'm coming to europe and i want to film a, a music video and i said well, that, oh, well that's interesting because i'm in london and i want to film a music video for yeah. this this single that I'm, i want to put out in the new year and so he uh we chatted on skype and um he was in brazil at that yeah. time and then we kind of came up up with a plan. I got a couple of actresses in, um, Kaylee McKnight. She's actually um, gone on to do some really good things in the West End since then. Nice. Actually, she's been in um, Hugh Jackman's musical and, and oh, stuff wow. like that. Fantastic. Yeah, which was great. So she was really great. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Richardson as well. She was in it. And um, yeah, we just kind of put together a concept, hired a few locations, twisted a few arms of people went to Richmond Park, a few places like that. Yep. And we actually did most of it in a day, pretty much. I think we had another half day. Yeah. And it was all done. And um he put it together and uh yeah, I was really happy with it. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> Great <laughs> collaboration. Oh yeah. Someone from Brazil's gonna make my video for yeah. me. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> People will say these things don't happen. But they do. Exactly. And we've just proved it. <laughs> uh, okay, I know this one. Um, I know this one really well because I know this song very well. Uh, this is Brighton's song. When you were just saying the Damien Rice um, thing, which I, I, again, I, I, I wouldn't know, how, how would you sort of put your finger on that? There mm. is a, there's a, an element of sort of, no, 
it's nothing, there's nothing really that you kind of go, oh, that's Damien Rice, yeah. but there is that, you can it's kind of pick up that sort of influence, I suppose. It might yeah. just be the arrangements of the, of the songs or... Quite like possibly, that, yeah. That sort of vocal and piano, which is quite a lot of... Yeah. Have you sort of set his stall out, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think actually you, you, you probably have hit the nail on the head there with the arrangements, because I always was drawn to songs that kind of build yeah. um, and, and end up kind of quite powerful um and a lot of his songs do that yeah yeah you said you've never you you said you, you never hide your influence mm. there in terms of damien rice yeah no i've i always put it out there mm. um i can't really deny that when i was kind of starting to think about writing songs or trying to write songs i listened to his album um oh literally all the time mm. um and i loved i just loved his music and the way he the way he wrote um yeah. and so there was him and um the likes of Neil Young going back yeah. a bit further and um, Ryan Adams um, again in the modern day and yeah. people like that. And, uh, yeah. So that was Brighton's song, which, I mean, I, I don't know how... I don't. I, I get the feeling that, uh, that your songs are personal mm. uh, anyway, but it's just the, 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 that first line in that song is just so evocative. Yeah. I just love it. In our, our parents' clothes, we look just like them. <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, I think just that just that kind of imagery is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Pretty much most of the songs are are pretty personal. Mm. Um, that one again is probably more general. Um, it's it's more about kind of it is a kind of a little bit of like a lifelong love, kind mm. of growing old and 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 having someone that you always come back to. Yeah come home to kind of thing yeah um kind of whatever the the weather and whatever happens kind of thing um and again that, that brighton song actually was one of those rare rare songs that kind of just kind of falls out of the sky um and just kind of happens yeah. um one day at the piano yeah i wish there was more like that <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful i suppose it does have that sort of feeling about it's like yeah con- conjured magically from somewhere mm. but mm. Say, i say i i mean maybe as a as a former singer myself and lyricist, things like say that 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 evocative image and our parents' clothes loved that. But that line, if I held you once, I would not let you go. It's just like that's just such. That's yeah. one of what a romantic thing to say, <laughs> Elliot. Yeah, you can imagine <laughs> you saying that to someone that just melt, wouldn't they? Well, I do try, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think the songs kind of yeah they kind of do they do say some some things that yeah quite romantic kind of thing. Yeah. So. yeah. It's brilliant. And when you came in about a year or so ago to do um, a live session for the for the radio, two songs that you played then actually just come up in order. Basically, we did Brighton song, mm. and we did the next song, Legs. Yeah. Um, again, probably my two favourite songs in terms of wh- where we got to with the production. I, th- yeah. I feel like there's always some things you feel, oh, maybe we didn't quite get that. But I felt with with these two, we really got what they were about. Yeah. And um, Lex is is, uh, the next one. Listening intently to, as we went into the sort of what we'd call the instrumental section, middle eight guitars, mm. you kind of went very intently listening to it. Yeah, it because of the because of the end, I said. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those songs I I haven't spent a lot of time listening to, and mm. um, just to hear it again there was was nice. And um, it 
it, it reminded me actually that the end section where it kind of gets all emotional and a bit epic yeah. uh, was actually a completely different piece of music um, that I had, but I just couldn't fit into any kind of structure of a song. Yeah. Um, so when I was doing the, the verse and the chorus to Legs, I kind of felt like it wanted to go somewhere, but I didn't really know where, where it was going to go. Yeah. I didn't want to just do like another verse, another chorus, whatever. And yeah. I, I just took this piece of music without any lyrics and put it in there. And I thought, actually, I think it was in a different key as well. So I changed the key uh-huh. to this, to the, to the key that it's in. And I thought, oh, actually, that's got a really nice kind of um, refrain there. And I think maybe the lyrics will work. So I wrote some more lyrics for that. And yeah. actually, it's ended up being my favourite part of the song. Nice. I like this. This is a Beatles approach to songwriting. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's how they always said, like bits and pieces that they'll kind of have in songs and then reject from songs. Yeah. I'm sure there's something in the anthology or somewhere said you can hear them going through some track and they're talking about how this section in this song doesn't really work, so they reject it. But when you hear that section, you go, oh, that's that other song. That, yeah. That became yeah. something else later on. Can't remember what it is, but... No, I, I, I think I, I'm, a, I'm a massive Beatles fan as well, and, mm. and I, I, I remember that that part as well. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely... There's definitely Beatles-esque stuff in that song, I mm. think. Um and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. You, you kind of have sometimes just have ideas yeah. that you think, well, I don't really know where where that's going to go or what that's going to be for, but you know, it kind of sounds good enough for something. Yeah, I guess that's what they. I mean, they. I mean, they're prolific, weren't they? So yes. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. They, but I uh, think, and, and importantly, that the sort of the point that I think we're both making is they never threw anything away. Mm. They just kind of you know it doesn't work for this, but that doesn't mean that it won't work for something else. So there was, I don't, don't think they ever had had the attitude of that's rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> so it was always a bit like we'll find out, we'll figure that one out later. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah. It, and it's quite. I suppose it's quite an exciting way of doing it. You yeah. know, piecing the puzzles together and yeah, um, yeah. seems to have worked for them quite well. Yes, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> go, go for it. Uh, so this is the next track. Is the only track on the album that's named after a person? I believe it is. Yes, is it a real person? Um. This is an interesting question, actually. And um, do you want to think about it whilst we I play have the track? Been asked it a few times. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll actually just say no. It is actually a real person. Okay. Um, but it may not be the real name of that person. Aha! Good. I like it. Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Katie. Did you get that song I sent to you? One where all names are changed Did it make you laugh or contemplate? Did it bring a tear to your eye? Did you understand why I never called Or sent a card to your door? You probably just stared at your phone So my first reaction to that one is it's it's got quite a different feel to the other tracks on the album. Yeah, so the, I, I see this um, as the kind of where the mood of the album changes a little bit. Mm. Um, so it goes from being, um, I mean, it's still quite reflective, but it it's a little bit more fun, if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and that that is definitely one of the the most fun tracks to play live when yeah. we play it as a as a band. Yes, it's got a bit more of a jaunty. Jaunty feel. Is it, jaunty a good word? Jaunty. I, I like jaunty. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's a tip of the hat. Song. Yeah. And 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 that's interesting actually with that one because it started off as just an acoustic song that I used to play live, mm-hmm. but really slowly. Oh wow. And um, 
I liked it, but you know, it kind of dragged when I when I sung it. Yeah. And I thought oh, there's something about this song I really like, but I don't really know why it doesn't really seem to work. Yeah. That well. And again, that was probably a, a decision that we made in the studio. I uh, it was actually an idea I had. I thought, what if we put like this kind of country beat to it? Yeah. It might not work, but why don't we just try it? You know, programmed a country drum beat just yep. while we were like messing around. Yeah. yeah. And um, it actually really worked. And we thought, okay, let's just go with it. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds and, good. Um, Katie's a very country name as well, isn't it? It is, isn't it? it yeah. It just sits in there. It's going to be a country song. It's called Katie. It's going it, to be a country song. It is. And, <laughs> and weirdly, I've always liked the name Katie. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, before it is kind of about someone that um that I knew uh-huh. um before and uh but I wanted to kind of give it another another kind of name and another kind of feel so it yeah. could end up being about anything in the end yeah yeah it's very good isn't you said it's like a turning point in the album because I don't know if this is deliberate because it's you know I've got the CD copy in front of me yeah, yeah. but the tracks are split into two separate sections there's like first six and then the second six. Yeah, almost. Was that is that a deliberate? Is that a sense of these are two separate sides, or was that just <laughs> it was just a design decision? I, th- I think actually it was more around around the artwork. Right. Good. Um, it kind of looked better basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that being said, Katie is a bit of a turning point in the album yeah. where it kind of goes down a different route for yeah, a little yeah. while. But you didn't. It wasn't like you thought of this as a side one and a side two sort of project. Not really, no. Um, but it would be interesting if, if I was to kind of do that. Yeah. Um, I may think about doing that in the future, mm. maybe. Yeah, good. Who needs it? Lover's Beds, then, is, say, two track one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. But it's not. No, say, <laughs> Lover's Beds is track seven. Uh, shall we have a listen? Yeah. Sometimes a lover's beds are made Honey, I want you Don't wish this away I want to love you When you sleep through the day Our bodies are closed by the words we say Our hearts are heavy, giving nothing away Sometimes a lover's beds are made And I've been trying to tell you You've been sailing by I've been trying to tell you But you only Tell me about lovers' beds. What's what's the what's that's a good title. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you're good with your titles. They're all very evocative. I like. It. <laughs> yeah, I I I, was, I, I like this one. Um, it, it describes a situation I was in um, quite a while ago. Um, you know, a few years ago, mm. and it's basically about kind of sometimes you just have to accept a situation is how it is. Yeah. And leave it as it is. Um, so sometimes things are just how they are. Yeah. And you can either decide to, you know, think about that for ages and let it really get you down or annoy you or whatever. Or you can just go, right, I've done all I can do. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. And that's what that song's about. So it's quite a, it's quite a breezy song. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of skips along quite nicely, and it, but it kind of tells that story. Yeah. When you're um, organising sort of a live set, mm. um, is it that you're not, I think you mentioned already, you're not always playing all of the album. Yeah. Are there, are there songs that particularly stand out as, oh, these, these are going to be the ones I'm going to play live and these ones I need to think about a little bit more? Yeah. Um, 
definitely there's three or four songs which I think we always play live mm -hmm. because they just seem to be the ones that people like more in a live situation. So like Katie, What Happened to Our Love, um, Lights of Piccadilly, uh -huh. Brighton Song. They just, they're the kind of four that really seem to kind of yeah. go down well. But then things like Lover's Beds actually are quite fun to play live. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one I actually I can play solo quite easily as well. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of works in both ways. Yeah. Um, so you, you might often hear me play that in a solo set. Uh-huh. Um, here and now. I know you. You. I, I. I. know of you mainly as a piano player, I suppose. Yeah. But you play guitar as well. Yeah. Um, do you? How do you decide what you're gonna? Do you write on piano? Do you write on guitar? Does it? Does it change depending on what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, it changes actually. Um, I did go through a period where I, I kind of went away from the piano a bit mm. um, because I found that writing on guitar was a bit easier. Um, and a lot of these songs actually were would have been written on guitar, um, and some of them have been like transferred to the piano. I mean, something like Brighton song would have just been a piano song yeah. straight away, um, but some of the others uh, would have been written on guitar uh, just because I always found it quite difficult to write on piano. Actually, uh -huh. originally, um, I think because with guitar I didn't really know what I was doing so much <laughs> so, <laughs> and I still don't to be honest and uh, it was a bit more fun that's great I love that as somebody said to me yesterday the the, the best creations come from adversity so yeah it's like that's sort of a version of that isn't it I don't know what I'm doing with this basically it's <laughs> like working. I need to be clever and creative yeah. let's see what this what does this sound like oh that's good what is it I don't really know but yeah. it sounds good so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think it's now I'm a bit more of 50 50 I think it's a bit more of a a balanced mix of, of writing on piano and guitar now. Mm -hmm. Do you prefer when you're performing? Do you prefer one over the other? Um, I feel much more comfortable on piano because yeah. it's my, it's kind of my instrument. Yeah. Um, but that being said, there's something about standing up on a stage and playing a guitar. Yeah. Which is just fun. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just more fun. I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you can move about a bit more, can't you? Yeah. That's, that's one of the advantages. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, very good. Okay, Light to Piccadilly, you've mentioned a few times already, so I'm interested to see what you have to say about this. Yeah, this is going to be the next single, actually. Excellent, right. Light to Piccadilly. I took that old red bus with you Sat upstairs for a bed of you. We both got off on different sides. Into the night where we can hide. I made my way to the northern line. Always take the wrong one to bend And I keep missing my favourite stop Thinking of days when we first dropped And it was like that time you told me a shine like Piccadilly Circus you shine like the city on fire Guess I needed the time away It's been a month and the well was dry The writing of this, he said, was, uh, was it interesting. Yeah, so this song is really about... Um, I spent a fair bit of time, um, like, half living in London and half living, um, like, back up in Hertfordshire. Yep. Because uh, I was working in London um, quite a bit. So um, I spent a lot of time kind of on the tube, on buses and things, and it's mentioned in there, mm. um, like the northern line of things. Um, but mainly it's kind of about living in a city and, and wanting to leave. Mm. But then when you leave, kind of something always draws you back, wanting yep. to go back. And actually, the the lyrics were actually written in Cambridge, um, uh, another place where I've you know spent a fair bit of time yes. during during my life, um, and it was a kind of writing exercise that I had never done before, 
but I'd heard um, John Lennon used to do things like this. Uh-huh. And it was uh, taking an article in a newspaper or a magazine. I think it was a magazine or, or one of those magazines you get in a newspaper. Yeah. Um, and kind of picking words out, uh-huh. um, which don't make any sense. And then you pick out the words, then you write a story based around the words. Uh-huh. And I think Piccadilly Circus was in there for some reason. I think it was something about cycling or something. <laughs> and um, Piccadilly Circus is in there. So it yeah. kind of like created a story around that. Yeah. And uh, it was a, it was an approach I'd never taken before, and I hopefully going to do again because it just threw up something I never thought would kind of happen. Yeah. And then the song was kind of built around that. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of like experimenting with different songwriting techniques as well. Kind of just like it's not, yeah. it's not even a matter of going. I need to do something. So I'll try that. Yeah. See what happens. Because you know sometimes you, I've done it since as well, and it didn't work. But yeah. you never know. It, it depends, I think, on the day and what what words you pick out. And of course. And on your inspiration that day, and uh, I guess that just being in Cambridge, writing about London, mm. seems to kind of make sense. Yeah. Well, there's there's famous ones, isn't there? They're being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, was yeah. straight straight off a poster on the wall. Yeah. And yeah. I think the uh, how many holes was it? Four thousand holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. That's a. I think that was a. Oh, a, d- a day in the life. A, yeah, yeah, from a day in the life. I'm pretty sure that was a, yeah. a something he read in the newspaper as well. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was. See, wow. So have we just have we just got the new day in the life? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, yeah. <laughs> there's, al- there's always the next one. Uh, okay, next track is Forgive Me. I tried my best I let the tape unwind Never really thinking of you Thought you were the loving kind And all I had to do was break through But I was wrong Yeah, I was wrong And I just had to let you know Forgive me You know And that's got picked up from playlists. Yeah, so when when I first put the album out, um, there was a couple of playlists that picked it up. One of them was a country playlist, which mm. I can I can actually see that it is a bit more of a country song. Yeah, um, picked it up and put it on their on their playlists, which I'm I was surprised about because you know you spend a lot a lot of time kind of applying to playlists and things. And yeah, you often don't hear things back. So when someone picks something up out the blue randomly, it kind of you kind of go, oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. And is that something you you, like a deliberate, um, uh, what's the word, process? That's not the right word, but that's the one I've got. Mm. Um, That you go through to think, well, I've I've created this now. And is that that a modern thing to have to do is go, all right, I've got this stuff. I'm going to need to send it to playlists, find out who to send it to. Yeah. Is that part of the modern artist process? Definitely. And I think... I think it's probably one of the most boring parts (laughs) of the the, uh, artist process. Yeah. but yeah, the nature of you know streaming and stuff. I think it it has become a necessity to kind of try and you know get people to review it or, yeah. or obviously play it on the radio like like your good self yeah, thank you. have done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and send it to playlists. I mean, to be honest, I'm still learning about the whole playlist kind of yeah. um, thing and and how to get it best to to, to people. Yeah. Um, which I think everyone probably is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, were, do, were you sending things out as a... Do you do you pick tracks to promote to certain playlists or are you sending it as a package saying here's, here's an album and leave it up to them? I like? normally pick tracks, yeah. Mm-hmm. I normally pick tracks that I think that playlist is more likely to play. So if it's more like a, a chilled-out romantic playlist, I'll send them you know, something like Brighton Song or, yep. or Legs. And if it's a country playlist or something that uh, with a bit more of a vibe, yeah, probably, yeah, probably that song, maybe "Forgive Me" or something. Yeah, yeah, nice, like it a lot. Out of the unreal shadows, mm. which is the next track, that yeah. as a title, 
Ambiguous. I think that's probably the, that's probably the thing I want to say. That's, that's the most ambiguous title on the album, is it? It is. It is. And um, this is kind of like this was one of one of my favourite ones to make. This track, yeah, because it's kind of like the outlier of the whole album. It it it's the kind of more experimental track, which uh-huh. I wasn't even sure was going to make it on the album, to be honest. Um, but the more we kind of did to it in the studio, the more it actually sounded really cool, and we thought. Actually, I really like this. Um, I think it's got to be on the album in the end. Yeah. And it's ended up being one of a real favourites to play live. Fantastic. I had a dream we got married There were lights and everything There was no train ride to Paris Champagne on platform nine. There was no bouquet of flowers. No one to catch them too. There were no rabbits on the lawn, dressed in Sunday best. No tables dressed in white Just a sign on the corner saying Be wary of the landslide While your father's laying darts While we were inside And me well I was waiting for an answer And you put that so, Out of the Unreal Shadows is a great title. <laughs> Where does it come from? Yes, yeah, so a really interesting um, question, actually. And um, actually, no one's asked me yet. Um, so it originally had another name, this, this song. Um, and it was just a really boring, bland name. Um, and I didn't really like it. Yeah. Um, but I was reading uh, Oscar Wilde, um, Dorian Gray on holiday, uh-huh. I think I was somewhere. Uh-huh. I'm I'm kind of like when I'm on holiday, I'm a really good reader. Uh-huh. When I'm not on holiday, I'm a terrible reader. So you kind of have to get me on holiday or get me on a train or a plane before I kind of my concentration span yep. is able to to deal with it. But I was reading um, Oscar Wilde and it and, and it was a, a phrase that I just picked out uh-huh. um, and I thought it really actually. It stuck out to me. It's actually a longer phrase, but I've shortened it a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and it stuck out as a really good description of what this song is about, because this song's actually based on a dream sequence that I had. Uh-huh. And um, it's quite rare when you wake up and you kind of remember yeah. what happened in a dream. And um, hence why some of the lyrics are a bit like obscure um, about rabbits on the lawn and things like that. Um, but it was a very kind of, uh, you know, vivid dream. And uh, with the track, we've tried to marry the kind of obscure lyrics with a quite a dreamy, you know, guitar mm. um, track. And I feel like it, it has come out quite quite dreamy. And, yes. Um, and I think it yeah, achieved pretty much what we wanted it to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's like we were talking about the, the placement of tracks earlier on as well, mm. sequencing. You kind of that kind of track you almost kind of go, well, of course it's going to go at this point in the album. It feels like the, absolutely the right place for it. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've kind of earned this kind of, I don't know, slightly more expensive sounding, less defined, slightly fuzzy edges, if you know what I mean. You know exactly. what I mean. exactly. And, and the thing I loved about albums when I was growing up and listening to albums you know just as a listener but then more as a as a as a songwriter mm. as well is that i loved those like number track number nine or ten like you say which was a bit kind of um it took you in a different direction and it maybe wasn't the track that you'd put on you know as a, as a single yeah but it was just a, a cool track that you could have on the album yeah and i feel like Every album should have one or two of those kind yeah, of tracks. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think that, like, say that concept. As we, as we, well, I'm not sure that we are, but as some some of the people say that, as we're losing the album concept, mm. I think you start you, you lose the opportunity to have those 
um, those bits of music, those 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 um, listening experiences, those writing experiences that found their way onto albums exactly exactly like that. Because it's like it's if it's hit after hit after hit after hit on a playlist. Yeah. And there's, I mean, doesn't that get boring after a while? Yeah, I feel like it. I feel like it does. And yeah, you're you're right because you're losing a little bit of that freedom if you're if you're you're just enslaved to the kind of single yeah. um, kind of process and um, structure. You you are kind of writing it with something in mind that it's got to be yeah. a single. Uh, whereas with something like that, you're kind of writing it. This is just coming out how it is. Yeah. And if it makes an album, great. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. But yeah. hopefully people will get down to track 10 and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. Don't don't switch off. Don't <laughs> skip. Listen to the album. Um, okay, so we're getting close to the end, but we're not there yet. So this is track 11, and it's called Crumbs. Yeah, this is uh, Crumbs. Listen out for the uh, kettle at the start. Some very um, obvious, uh, or more obvious, I suppose. Maybe I'm saying uh, backing vocals on that. Yeah, song. yeah. So um, we did kind of like the kind of echoey kind of backing yeah. vocals on there. And um, again, that was my sister Chloe. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel with that one actually, the backing vocals really made a massive difference to the song because we had that end section mm. and it was sounding kind of nice, but I thought it was kind of almost sounding too straight uh-huh. like as 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 a section yeah, yeah. and so we kind of mixed it up a little bit and then we added the kind of like the little guitar riff in there as well and it just kind of um mixed that section up a little bit made it a little bit more interesting to, yeah. to listen to yeah yeah it's really nice and it's nice it, it, your family involved in this album yeah uh, quite a lot i think kind of said you know it's a lot of of course, I think always our families are very supportive of what, but your, your family quite involved in the whole process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like the, the whole family that I, that I come from are, are quite musical. Mm. Um, and uh, both my granddads were piano players and um, all my grandparents and, and my parents are very supportive of, of, of the music and they've always kind of supported me to do that yeah. and encouraged it and, and been, the, you know, been at the gigs and things like that, which is helpful when you, of course. you know trying to trying to get people to come and stuff and um that song actually is quite quite a reflective song it's a little bit about family really mm. um and it's a little bit about like saying thanks for you know for being there kind of thing um but it kind of talks about memories of of that i had of my kind of grandparents when i was when i was a kid as well yeah and um one thing was like there's always a kettle boiling in in the kitchen yeah um, it, yeah, it's it was always on the boil. Yeah, always on the boil. It, <laughs> it evokes that was so much tea drunk and, and yeah. stuff, and it, it kind of evokes that kind of that those kind of memories. I think, and that's yeah. what that song's kind of trying to do. And it, it's kind of like a journey to, unfortunately, old age and yeah. you know, um, things that things that happen and and, and and things like that. But it hopefully it's got a bit of hope. And uh, yeah, I was I was quite inspired by by how uh, full of life my grandparents and. Um, were in their later mm. life so it's kind of a, a bit of inspiration for me I suppose Fantastic, love that, that's almost a good note to end on but it's not mm. the end because the last track is Looking Glass and uh, I, I mean I'll ask you about this now I think because I, I note that this is uh, Ron Porter 
Yeah, so um, this uh, this is my granddad, mm-hmm. um, who unfortunately passed away just before the album came out. Mm. Um, but we, uh, me and my sister, we did an interview with him um, a few years ago. Um, it's you know something that we'd kind of wanted to do, and we thought, right, let's do it because he'd you know lived for ninety five years. He'd lived through the World War and, and, and things, and yeah. um, had a lot of life experience. So we wanted to kind of find out a bit about life from him, I suppose. And um, he was quite a wise chap. Yeah. And uh, we had this kind of um, soundbite that that I'd I'd picked out from that that video. Uh, then we ha- I had an idea to put it on the the start of this song and I uh, didn't think it was going to work um, but I took it into the studio just the recording of of him speaking and it actually really did work nicely with the as a kind of with the piano bed underneath yeah and um, for me it's kind of like the perfect kind of tribute to him uh, to say thank you for supporting his, my music uh, to actually have him on the album and unfortunately he never heard it mm. but I know that if he had he would have liked it Fantastic. Right, looking glass. Be happy. Do everything you can to keep a happy feeling. Garner that happiness with inside you. It's going to show. And it's going to make for happiness. And that's going to rebound on you. It, It is the big thing we all want. And I think... It must be listed as the thing you've got to aim for. I walked you home across the fields of the town Where we both lived, or should I say, we drowned I stole a glance at the life we could have If we all admit what's in the looking glass for us I know that you're scared of love And I know you can go on without me You spent so long waiting for someone to blow your mind What if somebody already Somebody already did I left the door So that's the album, Lanes. Yeah. It's been out since March. March, I think, yeah. Does that feel like a long time? It really does, actually. Yeah. And we were, we were just talking about the, the launch, weren't we, which mm. was in February. We're coming on to almost a year now since that launch, and it, it, it does seem like a, you know, a long time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, it's a really cool album, and it's really good to have a chance to kind of listen through it with you. Thank yeah, you very much for, for yeah. being here and talking through. It lives on, and that's the, that's the lovely thing as well. You said you've got um, ideas for singles to carry on promoting the album. Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're gonna Lights of Piccadilly is gonna be out on the twenty third of December um, with a video. Yeah. And my idea for three or four other tracks on the album is we're having a video for each of those so yeah. they, they all get their own kind of independent launch they've all got their own kind of independent artwork from the album as well Yeah. so they do become like singles that yes. just get kind of relaunched and I think the beauty of um, how music's released now is that the release date almost becomes just a date in the calendar whereas yeah. before it was kind of everything was built up to the release date gets released it's out and then it's gone Yeah. but music's now there forever isn't it it's on online wherever wherever you want to pick it up or buy a CD hopefully yeah and I think and you never know what's going to be discovered I think mm, is the other mm. thing as well how will it get picked up where will it get picked up and what that leads to exactly um, yeah. I think it's a very I, I know it can it can feel very hard at times but I think it's a really encouraging uh, time for artists as well to just go well Make it, just make it. Go if you want to go and do it. Just go and make it. That's exactly, I mean. yeah, and 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 I think sometimes we have to change our perspective on it and and realize that it is a different kind of era. Yeah. But if we keep making what we want to make, it it has avenues it can go down. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we all enjoy doing it anyway. So yeah. Brilliant. Well, congratulations. It's a fantastic album. Thank you very much for being here and talking us through it. 
Thank you for having me. And, uh, well, catch up with you again soon, I hope. Yeah, sure. Cheers. The album Lanes from Elliot Porter is out now wherever you get your music from. Go and check it out. You'll get to hear all of those wonderful tracks in full. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Join me again for the next episode. Coming to you within the next couple of weeks, I imagine. See you then. Bye.